a.k.a. responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking in your jammies from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just COVID-19 and atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but we will if you don't wear a damn mask in public, atheist or believer, (laughs) any of you. And we will critique and ridicule you about it. But then we will poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine a crossroads of masks and no masks from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear in this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Episode 67. Wasn't that the summer of love? 67? No, it was 69. 69? I believe it was. Then save that for a couple podcasts down the road then. Even though we don't have anything for 67 other than I think it was a baseball team in Montreal's name, the 67s. Really? I believe. Please subscribe so we don't have to tell you at the end of the show. Give us five stars. Give us a good review. Tell everybody why you love it. And if you don't think it is, tell us why at Twitter, at Godless Podcast. Facebook, where Don and Jeff will read it. Or godlessheathens at yahoo.com you know regular old email also send us your beer or wine or liquor suggestions as well too and we'll give those a try well i was just thinking wasn't 67 when when the mustang came out or am i mixing that up 64 and a half i was gonna say 64 yes okay never mind Swinging a I was trying to get something (laughs) to 67 i am drinking a beer that jeff recommended on this podcast Uh-oh. and that is cherry street brewings just another ipa volume three it is a nine percent tall Ooh. boy of a, an ipa and that's why i'm only having one one and done how responsible of me so this evening i made a run to schoolhouse brewing a couple of weeks ago i guess it was and picked up some some crawlers and so the one I'm having tonight is a English brown ale. So I'm going a little bit lighter weight than I did last time. <laughs> Anything would have been lighter weight than that. Yeah, this this one is half the ABV. So it's okay, but it's not as carbonated as I was kind of hoping. Good taste as far as the maltiness and all that, but eh. I probably wouldn't wouldn't get it again. That's why we need recommendations. This might yeah. be one of the first pod beers that you've ever kind of eh. kind of snubbed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe yeah. it's just I had it in the in the refrigerator too long too. Maybe maybe I went beyond. So it's your the, fault. Uh, it's probably my fault. Don, what are you drinking? I've got a Tuscan red blend, and I don't have you here to read my Italian, so it's I can read Toscana. And it's, it's like I said, it's just a 2017 red blend from uh, from Tuscany. So 
Very good. Blah, 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 Barry. You know, blah, 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 edit. Good, good with pasta. <laughs> you know. Good recommendation. Eh? You know, yeah. But blah, it's, blah, blah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a red blend. I'm, you know, that's my wheelhouse. I love red blends. And this one is, uh, is very good. I like it's, it. It's a buy again? It's a, yeah, it's, it's a little lighter. You know, I, like I always say, I like the darker ones, but th- this one's a little on the lighter side, but very nice as well. Nice. There was a Chicago Tribune article came out on Tuesday. In, in my mind, it was is, is saying basically what we were saying two pods ago, a month ago, you know, two weeks ago, easily, that the states, numerous states, are being accused of manipulating or bungling the data of COVID-19 in order to reopen and get the economy moving again. I think they're being accused of the latter. Of bungling. Bungling. As in they didn't know better. Just plain old incompetence. Yes. That's how I've seen it presented. Okay. That's what I was thinking, too, is it seems like they've had ready-made excuses. They definitely don't want to be accused of manipulating. So certainly that's the way they're going to spin it. Who would accuse them of that? No one in the media is ever going to accuse them of that, though. The people that are, that are going to accuse them of manipulating would be the people that were either removed from jobs or fired because they didn't want to manipulate data. And then... It turns into a disgruntled employee claims data being manipulated. Basically, you just set up an argument of the people that got fired who more than likely were doing their job like it was supposed to be done. And because they were, that can't happen. So they got to go. Well, there's a difference between states like Virginia, Texas, and Vermont were combining results of viral tests and antibody tests. Well, Georgia did too. Which will skew the data. And in Georgia, they the state actually issued a chart that showed the numbers going down day by day by day by day. But the chart wasn't done in chronological order. It was done in order of data. Like literally it went from May like the 3rd to April the 26th to May the 7th. Yeah, and the thing that was kind of funny about that is they left those dates on there. It's yeah. Like, are you that stupid? You don't like... Or do you think we're that stupid? <laughs> or do you think we just won't read it? Yeah, I, that, I think it's probably that. People look at the graph. They don't look at the data. They said it was taken down within a day. Once it was pointed out, the state ended up taking it down quickly. The point of these tests, of course, is um, you're supposed to, in theory, have what? Two weeks of downward trend in testing? 14 days. You're supposed to have 14 days of downward trending data. But what? Based on deaths or based on test cases or what? Well, that's what it all comes back to is does it matter what the data says for 14 days in a row if the data is inaccurate to begin with? One more time on that. If the data that you're using isn't correct or complete or proper to begin with, what it does it matter what the two-week trend shows? My honest answer? No. It doesn't matter because they don't care. They don't care. But that is the situation that we're still in. We still don't know to what extent. They don't want to know. Exactly. They don't, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to discuss it. They talk out of both sides of their mouth. They will say how serious people need to take it. But let's open everything up and let's y'all get back to work now, too. We need to get the economy going. So they don't care. If we're arguing about the data 
and arguing about whether it's bungled or manipulated, it's like you're not paying attention to like people in nursing homes dying and the numbers going up and up and up and up and up. And it's successfully distracted everyone from the fact that it's it's not really abating and it's going up in other places right there's hot spots all over the place that are popping up do you you not feel like like that is this uh, it's just like a a disinformation campaign it's like you're arguing like the sky is blue no it's not no it's not sky's not blue sky's always green i mean it's it's it feels that absurd Meanwhile, it could be purple, but the data's not in yet. Uh, data might be in, but there seem to be too few places that are actually interested in tracking and keeping count and informing the public about it. Call me cynical. I might be. I, I feel, and I can't, obviously I can't prove it, but I feel strongly about it at least. One of the things that I have a hard time with is it seems that they are basing most of this on cases. If you go to the Georgia DPH website or whatever, that's what's kind of the the highlight. Total test confirmed cases, and that's the top graph that you see. The testing has been all screwed up from the get-go as as well. First, when, when the tests were available, it was just for um, healthcare workers, first responders, and people over 65, those that could get to the test. They gradually open that up. What test are they using? Are they using one that maybe has got a 20% error factor? Are they putting the swab in correctly? I mean, so are we getting accurate data from that? And then as you open it up more and more to other people, what value really is it to look at cases versus who's in the hospital Who's dying? To me, that's more of the critical thing to look at. I mean, you know, cases are important to a certain extent, but those numbers, as we're finding out, can be fudged all over the place to, to say whatever you want them to say. Well, I mean, the other side will say that the doctors are fudging the numbers in the opposite direction and that there are more cases than there actually is because they get paid more. If they admit them as a COVID patient and they get paid more, if they put them on a ventilator. Or they could claim they died from heart failure, even though it might have been complicated from the coronavirus just to keep the numbers down. So what's reality, man? Seriously, maybe maybe I've like I've like reached my limit. But I, like I, I don't feel like I can have another conversation that is this side is reality and this side is not. Let's argue over whether the truth is the truth. Every single possible issue gets thrown into a this side believes it and this side says you, that the other side is blatantly lying. It's it's everything. I mean, it's everything. It's wearing masks. It's going back to work. It's reporting the data. It's not really serious. It's the flu. It's take this drug. Don't, don't take that drug. That drug can kill you. No, president's taking that drug. And he's not wearing a mask, so it must not be that bad. Honestly, I cannot be sarcastic about it anymore. I, I kind of realize that. I, I'm sure it makes me more of a drag to live with. I will be the, <laughs> be the first one to admit that. So what do you do with it then? Seethe. Uh, seethe and try not to rage. Because being sarcastic about it, it feels limp. Because we've been doing it for almost four years now. Yeah. And it has changed for the worse. What's interesting, in the three years before... It was bizarre and dangerous and all that, but it was only for a certain segment of society. And now this thing 
Our asses are on the line. Not even ours. Ours is in the people, mm-hmm. but uh, us three have the privilege of being able to, to work from home. But that only helps a certain percent. You still have to go out and um, shop for food and, and for beer. And like I was telling you when I went out to my favorite beer store, none of the customers in there, and you know it wasn't full or anything, there was maybe 10 people in there, none of them had a mask on. So my mask that I had on maybe does 50 to 75 percent. Now I'm, you know, I'm one of the hopefully ones that's immune, but I don't know. But you guys, you know, you you have to deal with with people that are refusing to wear masks in these public places where you cannot always socially distance. Katie went to the Kroger store today. There's no one-way aisles, so you're encountering people up and down, and people in there weren't wearing masks. So I've never been to a store with one-way aisles. Throughout this whole thing, you have not been to one? Nope. And I've been to Kroger and Sprouts and Trader Joe's and Target. You've not been to Publix. Maybe it is just Publix, then. The whole arguing over masks is just like a F you, you're not the boss of me. Freedom. Yeah, but see, but you know what? There there you go. You're being being sarcastic about it. It is an F you, you're not the boss of me, 10-year-old response. It's a response of a child. Oh, well, you guys saw the um, the video from the guy that went into the Costco. Yeah. And that's, that's that prime example. That was great for that Costco manager, whatever, to stand firm. Is like, this is our policy, you know, if you're not going to abide by it. Even though he was doing his job and we kind of cheered him on, that guy immediately became reviled sure. among a, a large section, not a majority, but a lot of people that now he's just an example of Snowflake Nation. There was a security guard in Detroit. Yeah, it was in Flint, actually. The dollar store or something where he was shot? Killed. Yeah. For telling the guy to put a mask on. You know, you only have to wear it for the 15 minutes, half hour you're in the store. Then you can rip it off. Right. F you, liberal. You're not the boss of me. He gets in his car and buckles his seatbelt. Well, maybe he doesn't. It does feel like an affront. The funny thing is, like, liberals get accused all the time of virtue signaling. And they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. This feels like a lack of virtue signaling. Like you were saying earlier, freedom. You're violating my rights. I got the right not to do that. You don't have the right to make me do that. It's ridiculous, to your point, that they probably got back in their truck and buckled their seatbelt and didn't speed too much or didn't run red lights. Right. All the things that you do to be a functioning member of society. But this, oh, hell no. You can't make me do that. And it's so freaking stupid. The stoplight is a good example is because that's for the safety of not just you, the driver, but other people on the road. And it's the same thing with the mask. You know, you wearing one, you know, isn't a guarantee you're not going to get sick, but it certainly helps. And, you know, if everybody abides by that, the studies have said it reduces transmission 75%. They could give a shit. They could care. They don't care. Throw every fact out there. The more facts you throw, the more defiant they get. You know, when when we do go back to work, why do I got to drive in the right-hand lane? You're if there's no traffic, <laughs> if there's no traffic in the lane next yeah, to me, yeah. I'm going. There's hardly anybody going in that direction. Everybody's stopped over here. You bunch of sheeple. I'm going to get there faster. And by the way, most people, when I'm going that way, they're going to get out of my way. Freedom. I'm getting great gas mileage, too. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're going to give you six feet. And red lights? Puh. <sighs> yeah. Optional. Yeah. That's a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been anywhere that traffic signals are optional? When the power's out. No, no. Not when the, not, not when the power's out. Talking <laughs> <laughs> like New York, like driving in, in New York or something. Or if you're in a part of town that you probably shouldn't be <laughs> late at night. I, when I had a friend that lived in Brazil, and I visited him in Rio, and we were driving around Rio at night. I think it started probably about 10 o'clock or so. And he slowed down and looked and barely hit the brakes at every red light. And he was like, you don't stop unless you have to, unless there's cars coming the other way. And it was unnerving because it's like, it wasn't the, huh, he's going to get a ticket for a red light. What kind of neighborhood are we in? That you just don't stop. It was lots of neighborhoods. And that's when a fundamental part of society has broken down. Those rules, they don't apply anymore, Mm-mm. which means the laws against them really don't mean shit. And you can have laws, but if they're not going to be enforced, what else are we going to ignore? What's next? You know what? I don't want to wear my mask. And I want to take my gun everywhere, especially where they say I can't take it. Well, you going to stop me? They did that in, in Michigan. They threatened the governor. They were so worried about heavily armed yahoos basically taking over the state capitol building. The fuck is that? You know none of those people. They're all, I'm not wearing a mask. This is all fake. And you can see all the stories you want to where I used to make fun of coronavirus until I got it. Yeah, but are those guys reading it? Because that's kind of my big question here is, is this really about freedom? I think you know the answer to that question, Jeff. I, I think it's a both and. I think, you know, because the other part of the equation is they think this is fake. It's It's not here. It's not a threat. Has the number come out? For how many people at that rally have come down as being sick? The Michigan one or? Yeah. I haven't heard from that one. The Wisconsin one they had some numbers on, right? They had like 50-some people. You could probably expect equal for the Michigan rally. Yeah. But again, are those going to get reported? Are they going to be tied to that rally? How are we ever going to know? They, they might actually track them in Michigan because you've got a Democratic governor, which is why she has become kind of public enemy number one. It does also seem to be a, a way to hassle um, Democratic office holders. Maryland has a Republican governor. Ohio has a Republican governor. Have you seen the same amount of shit there? You haven't seen anything like that in Florida. You got a lot of people with guns there. Lots of people with guns. Nobody protesting here either. Hmm. No kidding. Yeah, the Wisconsin went with 72 people uh, got corona from that one. I can tell you one thing, that I have not seen one report anywhere, Twitter, TV news, anything on the web, where COVID cases have come out of an atheist meetup. Haven't seen anything about Unitarians. No Sunday assembly cases. No Church of Satan. You know, that's a very interesting point. Secularism is not spreading. Well, not just secularism. I would say, you know, the liberal-leaning churches also, you've not seen that. Oh, come on, Jeff. Jeff, we're just trying to take credit for something. There you go with your olive branch again. Trying to big tent us. You got to open the door and let the damn theist in. Well, I mean, you know, they, they're they secular-leaning as well, I guess. They, who are you talking about, like the Methodist and the, uh, who, who are we talking yeah. about here? Episcopals? No, not Methodist, because they're kind of evangelical-ish. 
but I'm talking about the, um, you know, like the Lutherans, the uh, United Church of Christ, the uh, Episcopalians. Uh, you know what, Don? The seculars, we got zero. I don't know about yeah, the Episcopals. Right, right. I'm taking yeah. the W for this. It's one thing to dunk on the churches because some of them absolutely deserve to be dunked on. But people still are dying. Mm -hmm. where, where was the, the Catholic Church? In Houston. Texas. Houston, yeah. So you can't just say it's the out there kind of churches or just the evangelical churches or... In the fire of the Holy Spirit type churches. Yeah, I mean, if, it, if it's a Catholic church. doesn't get more, much more mainstream than that. Yep. And they were okay to do services, and the priest died. I was just looking at that. So May 2nd is when they opened it up. I think before that, they were adhering to the Texas guidelines of 10 people or fewer. So I think they weren't even, I think they were just, I don't know if they were live streaming at that point. But in other words, they didn't have it opened up. May 2nd, they had 179 attendees in its 900-seat building. So, you know, definitely not at full capacity. But still. That's true in the course of the day. No, that's their opening day, 179 attendees at that service. Opening day, make it sound like make it sound like baseball opening day. Like, all right, yeah. hold on. start the season. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let's back up. Because Catholic churches are open every day. They, ha they hold a mass every day. What day of the week is this first day of data on? Is that Sunday? Oh, that was a May 2nd, so that was Saturday. Saturday. So Saturday mass? Okay. Okay. So, they're, yeah, they're just saying that on that day, 179 people were there on that one day. But how many masses did they have, and how many people just came on Saturday? Because Saturday is also confession What, are you like a contact Sunday. tracer? <laughs> There's a difference to 179 people sitting in a church that has a capacity of what again? 900. Okay, 900. But you still probably, you could safely... They don't even get 900 on Easter or Christmas. Yeah. No, no. But the fact being, you could fit 179 people in there at one time, sure. But on a Saturday at a Catholic church is different than... Most other days, a lot of a lot of Saturday traffic is in and out. You're there for confession for for Sunday morning. Correct, Jerry? Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know how many people that is, but they were permitted to open, and they opened, and a priest died, and a pastor died in Ringgold. Ringgold, Georgia, just north of us. That's closer to Chattanooga. That's between here, us, and Chattanooga. It's closer to Chattanooga. It's not even, like, near Chattanooga. It's practically a suburb. That's a very different church. It's a Baptist church, right? Yes. Kind of in the mountains. So this is saying at least 35 of the 92 attendees tested positive. That's the one in Ringgold? In Ringgold, yeah. That's more than a third. Now, I'd love to talk to them. Over the phone. What made you think this wasn't going to happen to you? What goes through your mind? Is it the power of the Lord? You're not the boss of me? Like, what mindset do you have to do something that pretty much by now everybody knows? Well, maybe not everybody, but most people know if you're in a big gathering, it's very easy to transmit and get this virus. How many people in the United States by now either don't know that or haven't heard it before? They may not believe it, but isn't it got to be like 100%? So here's bringing it more close to uh, Atlanta. 
the Atlanta Archdiocese, and I don't is that like the overseeing thing for all Atlanta area churches? Is that how that works? That's pretty much Atlanta and the Metro Atlanta North Georgia okay. region. Yeah. So the Archdiocese. This was in uh, the May 18th AJC. They outlined guidelines to open up their Catholic churches. So they're saying in-person masses can start as early as May 25th, which is this weekend. And they can take communion. Distribution of communion wafer bread is allowed by hand, but not drinking from the chalice. Oh, no shit there. But That's insane. That, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, they hand you a wafer. Mm-hmm. They don't put it in your mouth. You put it in your own mouth, but still. So anybody that goes, why are you going? What mental justification are you making in order to do that? Like, I I would love to talk to somebody at this Ringgold Church. Is it defiance? Is it belief? Everybody by now should kind of know. But you're going to be different. Like, what motivates you to do that? I don't get it. You guys have any insight? Help a brother out. When I went to church, I wasn't that driven to go every Sunday. <laughs> I'll tell you, and, I, and this has nothing to do with religion, but just with, with family bond. Talking to, to my mother, she wanted to go and visit my sister and her grandchildren, two of her grandchildren. And my sister told her, hell no, stay away from my house. What What is wrong with you? No, no. Like my mom was talking to me and she's like, Hey, we're, we're going to your brother's house, and we're going swimming in his pool this weekend. You should join us. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. There's no way I'm going over there. There's no, sorry, there's no way. I want them to see my grandchildren. I was like, well, I hope we don't bury you over this. Seriously, have a good time. Well, I will not be seeing you this weekend. Sorry. So I can understand from that end. And it has nothing to do with, like I said, it has nothing to do with religion. It, that's just family. Or, I love these people and I want to see them. Right. And I think that's the case, especially in small churches, is that is their family. Yeah. And, and that may be the thing is, you know what? Hey, let's just see each other at church and it's an hour. It's an hour. You know, spin it that way. That may be the thing, but they're not going to be six feet apart. Church is not a grocery store where you stand six feet apart from other people. It's not a solo endeavor. No, no. Well, and the the thing is, even if you can sit spaced apart, you know, like talking about that 900-feet church and 100 and some people in there, you're still going in the same door. You're still going to the same bathrooms. Everybody knows this. Do they not? Uh, yeah. I mean, do they? I mean, seriously, do they not know? But they do it anyway. Why? Well, I think part of that is because they think God's going to protect them or is part of God's plan. If their time is up, they're going to heaven anyway. Come on. Uh, I, that's Come all on. I can guess. <laughs> I mean, but do you, do, you, do you believe that? It's willful ignorance. Do I believe that? That's certain yeah. part of me does. No, do you, no, do you believe that is what they believe? Like, of, of those 92 people that showed up. Some of them I actually do. How many of them? We, we saw that interview on CNN clip where he was interviewing when they were doing that drive-in church. And that lady said, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Right. But how long ago was that? Two months? Two months and yeah. 90,000 deaths? And that woman may still be alive. But how many people like her did get sick and die that thought the same way as her? Right, but it doesn't matter to people like her 
Is that the attitude of people that go to the church in Ringgold? Yep. Do they think I'm protected? Well, and then the archdiocese, you know, opening all these churches. They must think nothing's going to happen. I was just looking here. There's 1.2 million people in the Atlanta archdiocese. 1.2 million people that now are free to go to church. Now, how many are going to? Don't know, but things are opening. You have to know by now that this is serious. No. No? No, no, because that's what I'm saying. You look at how many people are out wandering around with no mask. So they don't take it seriously. They don't think it's serious. So you think that the same attitude that has people crowding the Beltline in downtown Roswell with no masks is the same attitude of people going to church? I think there's some similarities there, yes. And, and what is what is that? That they, they think, first of all, it's not going to affect them. So the, the people that are in Roswell Alpharetta, and then that was an interesting article... They're among the privilege where they think, well, this only happens in senior citizen homes. This only happens at meat packing plants. This happens only in black communities. It doesn't happen to us. We're covered. Not in the blood of Jesus. We're covered in money. I don't know how else to rationalize it if there is a way. So does somebody have to die for folks like that to take it seriously? That's a good question because, you know, there's articles in the newspaper of people in churches dying. So I don't know what, what it's going to take there either. A priest died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And other and by the way, other ministers. Yeah. Plenty of them. But still, it's just one priest. Now, now he's not the only one, but it's not theirs. Well, that's the only one that made so, the news, too. So that is it, huh? People die. Wasn't mine. Must have been a sinner. God wanted to take them. That's the thing. It's religion. It's like playing tennis without a net. It doesn't matter because they always give credit, you know, no matter what happens. Either he wanted another angel or it wasn't his time or, or whatever the case may be. It always gets the credit, never gets the blame. It's hard to criticize. I, I do like the tennis without a net analogy, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't take full credit for that. That is from, if you haven't heard this, Google it. I, I think it's the best 10-minute argument against religion ever uh, articulated. It is the opening argument that Sam Harris had in a debate at Notre Dame against William Lane Craig. And that was one of the analogies that he used was tennis without the net. And that is a straight steal. I, I, I give him full credit. So that's when Sam Harris was kind of on our side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he's a theist. Back in a simpler time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely probably arguably the most famous professional atheist. Of the four horsemen? I don't know. Christopher Hitchens? But he's dead. He's been dead for a long time. That's the Freddie Mercury, the Randy Rhodes, the Jimi Hendrix. That can be a plus. You don't hang around long enough to suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You work at home full-time. You used to work at home half the time anyway, Jerry, a third of the time anyway, something like along those lines? Back in the day. Okay. I never did. Now I do and probably will from now on full-time. Kim, she will be back at work full-time Tuesday. This is Memorial Day weekend coming up. Tuesday, she is back at work. Actually, most of the people she works with were back at work this week. And so what have they done at her office to make a safe environment? They've done cleaning. Now, she has her own office. She has her own private office. She can close the door. I told her she needs to buy a baby gate. 
and just whack, whack, snap that son of a bitch, you know, just right into the door frame. And that way nobody can come in. Or they're uh, tripping your door. If you're if you're not going to keep your door closed. Other than that, when anybody is out of their office, not everybody has a private office like she does, but if you're out of your office area, you have to have a mask on. Really? So it's just in the office. So Yeah. How big a building is it? I mean, she's been working from home fine. Now, like I said, she came home. I've been home. It seems like eleven weeks now, twelve weeks, something like that. She came home a week or two after I did. Everything seems to have been working fine for her working from home. But they've got her coming back. Why? I do not know. What's the point? I mean, seriously, what 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 is what is the point? Cannot think of why. On earth, she has to go into everything. Even the the hiccups that they had that they ran into, we have legal paperwork that has to be signed by people, has to be notarized by people, has to be mailed in, in you know on a time you know, all that stuff. That got worked out within about a week or two. So I mean that all was like no problem. I'll draw it up. Everything's done. Drop it off. You sign it, she notarizes it, It get. I come back, I'll pick it up, mail it out, boom, we're done. No problem. For some reason, they're, they're rushing back. Where the company I work for is completely the opposite. We are the first Monday, it's actually the second Monday in June is the 8th. And our office is just essential people, security, facilities, maintenance, people that can only do their job in that building. Your work is at like some sort of a station that is only in that building. You cannot do your job from home. Those people will start reporting on that day. That's phase one. We are going in phases. Phase two is July 6th, or as of right now, phase two is on hold until we review phase one. And that's as far as we've gotten. There is no even word of if there is a phase three, four, five, and how many down the road there will be, nothing. Right now, there's phase one, and phase two is on hold. So let's let's just, you know, take a baby step and see where we're headed. I'm very appreciative of that. Well, I would, I would guess, though, that, that larger corporations, companies are going to do extra steps to make sure that their employees are safe. Because that bad press for them, if, you know, they started to have a spread there. You're smoking dope. <laughs> oh, my God. You are really? so, you are oh. so smoking dope. Oh, my. <laughs> That's irrelevant You've to the point. you got to be kidding me. If, if you guys think for a second that somehow the people who make the decisions on who works from home and who doesn't gives a rat's ass about the people they're making decisions about, you are smoking dope. If, if a company sees an opportunity to shed employees or shed people that they don't want by making them come back in the office, you're damn right they're going to do it. They're going to do it. So it's amazing how few protections workers have because for the most part, if you tell somebody they're going back to work, they're going to go back to work as opposed to getting fired or losing their job in a pandemic. In most cases, it, you don't have a choice. You're going back to work. But the choice is not ours. So company goes to your the average person in the same situation. You either come to work or you're out. Your ass is going to be at work. 
Yeah. You know, you may not like it. Like I said, she's lucky to have a private office, unlike a lot of people. I hope she can lock herself into it, but I think it's going to be difficult. It doesn't make sense because she has been able to do her job just as well from home as she has been in the office. They have her set up at home with newer, better equipment than she has at the office. I went and grabbed the stuff off my desk. She got all new equipment, better than she has. Right. You can talk yourself to your blue in the face with all the reasons. But why not give yourself two weeks? If somebody else is going to guinea pig this, let somebody else guinea pig this. There's no reason to do it. You keep trying to put it through some type of logic filter, and it does not compute. There's a great scene in Goodfellas where the Ray Liotta character... Henry Hill. ...is basically describing in a voiceover how they operate. And the answer to everything is, fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. He goes through like 10 scenarios. He had a bad week. Right, exactly. How is this any different? F you, come into the office. F you, you're not, you are essential. And you know what? We're not going to require people to wear a mask when they come into this establishment. Well, it's Memorial Day weekend. Like I said, she goes back to work on Tuesday. So three weeks. Check it in three weeks. Two weeks from now, we'll have another podcast. Four weeks from now, we'll have another podcast. We'll have an update. the progress (laughs) report is. See if she's got a coffee cough. But it's so... See if I do. It's so unnecessary, though. That's what I'm saying. There's no reason to. It's so unnecessary. But they're still doing it. It's not like she does a job that she has to do. Right, but it's not her call, though. From there. That's the point. It's not her call. Once you get past the illogic of it, what are you left with? You don't think they know? Like, why are they doing this? Do you think they don't think it's serious? It is somebody else's problem? Or is it, we are not going to be shut down. We're not going to let the economy shut down. We're not going to be soft. Like, what's the mindset? Because I can't understand it. Is it defiance? What is it? I don't know. Let me ask you this. These are completely different companies, completely different size companies. I'm talking about the the two that we work for. But do you think maybe more companies like the company I work for are going to do better going forward and having more employees working remotely and opening up their employee base, where you have jobs that people can do from home. You've you've realized that people can do these jobs from home. You're now not limited to just hiring people that are willing to drive to where your facility is. You can hire somebody from anywhere in the country. Isn't that the case? And by the way, I don't need to hire somebody in a high-cost city like Atlanta, like Boston. And I I can get somebody... I can get people out in the hinterlands. So I can, buy, I can hire somebody in Omaha that I can pay a lot less to. That's going to go a lot further. Hell of a lot less. It's going to be a lot more appreciative. And you look, know? I don't. You know, yeah. are all companies going to do it? Do you see like this as opening up a whole new, not necessarily job market, but job where more traditional office type jobs that people have just always gone to the office to do are now going to be done from home? No. No, 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 do I see it? Yeah. Is it going to be to, to whose advantage is that going to be? To everybody's, to the employers and to the employers. Not a chance. Just the former. Employer, okay, I can hire somebody from anywhere in the country. I've got a job. Right. 
I don't need you in Atlanta. Okay, I don't need you here in Atlanta. I can hire you from anywhere. No, no, I don't. No, no, no. I don't. It's not that I don't need you here in Atlanta. I don't need you in Atlanta. I'm going to go to somebody in a smaller town and I'm going to pay them half the price. So how does that benefit me as somebody in Atlanta? How does that benefit anybody with a job now if your job now has been devalued? And by the way, those job devaluations happen all the time. When we were kids, at least in Michigan, working at a grocery store was a union job and you made good money. Cashiers made good money. They had a pension, etc., etc. Not for a long time. A lot of jobs have been devalued into $15 an hour jobs. There's nothing stopping any company from going, I don't need this place in the expensive area. I'm just going to have 50 people working from their house and 10 people that kind of run the show from headquarters. And the people that are paying $15 an hour to, if they're doing that from a place where it's a lot less expensive to live, right? that could be a living wage for somebody. Right. Not for us. Not here. I don't see how these trends benefit workers. Right now, workers are being forced back into jobs with few protections. And one of the things that the Republicans want is... They basically want indemnity. They don't want to be on the hook for anything that happens to either people that go back to work or the customers. Or the economy. Right, but they want protection. They don't want to be sued. Yeah, either either way, if, if a bunch of people die or if the economy goes south or a bunch of companies go under, either way, they want to be able to wash their hands of the entire situation. So where's the benefit to workers? What happens in eight weeks roughly from today? School starts, going back to school. You know what? I'm 54 and I have asthma. You know what? I have I have somebody at home that is in a, what's the, I can't, I forgot the term, uh, compromised, you know? Yeah. Or somebody more susceptible to worse symptoms of the disease. I can't teach. Well, see you later because you're out. They're going to force teachers back? It, there's going to be a whole lot of pressure, you know, because uh, school is also used as, as child care, daycare. And so if you want people back in the economy working these jobs, then they need to be able to get out of the house without their kids. So, Do you honestly think kids are going to be going back to school in late August? No, no, no. Early August. First week of August. Okay. August, early August. I think school started on the 31st. Of July? Yeah. That ought to be illegal. Well, in Georgia. Speaking for kids around the world, that is bullshit. Dude, that dude, should be illegal. It should the, be, the literally. state you live in has done this for decades. Oh. Okay, so Cobb County Schools' uh, first day of school for the children is August 3rd. Teachers go back supposedly the July 27th. Yep. That is yeah, so, you know, rude. that's only like a couple months away. Teachers don't show up, then they're not getting paid. The CDC recommendations we're talking about, six feet space between desks, all forward facing. I, I kind of glanced at the thing, but it's like, so in the typical classroom uh, where Katie teaches, I think they have like 30 kids in a classroom. 
There ain't yeah. no way you're going to be able to, you know, to have that class size. Six feet apart. Six feet how many apart. kids could you fit in there really, realistically? Uh, Maybe uh, Yeah, she was going to do the, the math on that. <laughs> Maybe She's not eight. doing that. She's not doing the math. They're going to say, you got 20 kids or you got 15 kids. No. Yeah. What do you think? You think she could say no? No. What I'm saying is the school would do something. They would do oh something Oh, my God. You guys, are, do... you guys are high. You, you don't no. think so? You think they're just going to send 20 kids into a room that's, I don't know, 16 by 20? How many times in the last three and a half years have you started a sentence with, you think they're going to do that? Or they think they're going to do that? How many times does that have to start a sentence for you to believe nothing ever is off the table? That's true. Betsy DeVos is in charge of education, so... Not in a state that wants to get back to the economy. Get that economy going, whether you like it or not, whether you feel safe or not. How many parents do you think would hold their kids out of school? That's, yeah, you know that podcast that you recommended, Jerry? Um, yeah. The Chris Hayes podcast. With? Is that the name of it? With? It is. That would be a recommendation from... Uh... Which one is this? What episode is this? Who's the uh, Who's the guest? Well, it wasn't, my, it wasn't a recommendation. Uh, but I think it her is name now. is Dana Goldstein, and she is an education okay. writer for the New York Times. And perfect was talking about a, a lot of the educational issues with COVID. And probably the last 20 minutes were her personal experiences with COVID. It felt like couch time. She had to talk about everything she had been through in the last couple of months. It was a rabbit hole of a topic i think on the pod but it was just like it, it was riveting oh yeah it's definitely but yeah i mean she talked about you know the, the school issues that are coming up front and center and it's going to be a challenge but she also talked about it as somebody that was that had kids in a two-bedroom new york apartment with a mom that had covid and recovering from it the thing is no one's going to listen to that podcast that refuses to wear a mask yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. very few people that watch the Chris Hayes show are. Yeah, it's fake news. But here's the other here's the other thing that was just recently in the news too, and and we you know we've heard this before. But in Georgia, uh, fifteen children uh, have been diagnosed with this mysterious illness that seems to be linked to COVID. So that's going to be the kind of the, the quandary too. Is is like the parents, the ones that can do it. You know, the ones that maybe are working from home that say, I don't want to send my kid to school under this these conditions until we have a vaccine or... So what happens to those parents? What are you going to do? That's an excellent question. You know what? I'm gonna skip my, my kid's going to skip a year. I can tell you one thing. The anti-vaxxers are going to align themselves with, with those parents. I may not be an anti-vaxxer. I just don't want my kids sitting in a class at all. I don't think this necessarily neatly breaks down bipartisan lines. No, I'm just saying when that's going to get hijacked when there actually is a vaccine by the anti-vax. Yeah, that's a whole nother. They'll, yeah, well, yeah. They'll, they'll get in they'll get in I'm on a, that. I'm going to take the over on that. You think so? It, yeah, I'll even go so far if we're still doing podcasts this time next year, we will not have a vaccine. Okay. Not a chance. I don't believe so as well either. What I'm saying is when there is, the anti-vaxxers are going to be all over it. So, so I would say this. I would say we may have a vaccine 
early 2021. Will it be distributed? No. Well, let's put another six pack on the line. You give me a date that you think that there's going to be a vaccine. Whatever date you take, I'm going to take the over. Pick a date you're happy with. Okay, I would say February 21. Somebody's going to have a vaccine. Can we do a case? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's feasible, but I'm just saying that Getting it out there to where it's going to do... Hey, you know what? I've got a basketball. i got a couple basketballs. And I've got a basketball hoop. So it's feasible that I could go out in my driveway right now and slam dunk either of them. It's feasible. Yeah. You have all the equipment necessary. I do. Everything. I'm a person. I even have, like, sneakers. You have no shot. I have more of a shot of dunking a basketball on a 10-foot rim than there to be a vaccine on February 21st. Our president is publicly touting taking a drug that has been stopped elsewhere because it killed people. Health officials say that it is known to cause heart problems. Atrial fibrillation, which causes strokes. Uh, He's not taking it. He's... He's saying he's taking it. Our president is taking a drug that is known to cause heart problems. This is a man that eats KFC by the fucking bucket. What's worse? He's taking it because he believes that it's actually doing something for him, or he's lying about taking it? Lying? What's he's no got no s- what no? What's worse? <laughs> there is no worse. Seriously, in that equation. I can't. I I can't think how they're. They're both equally... I think the latter is actually way worse. And I think that's what he's doing. He's what? I don't think he's taking it, and I think he's lying about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right, that's worse than having him take it because he actually thinks it's it's going to help. Right. I mean, he's doing it just to save face because he had so much writing on it in his previous statements. You think so? That, and then that's the reason they fired Bright was because he was saying, you know, I don't want to, you know. Right, but that that issue went away. That whole issue went away. He brought it back by saying he was taking it. Well, he wants to divert attention from so many things with his shiny object, so who knows. And that's that's probably why he didn't wear a mask to uh, the Ford plant. No, he didn't wear a mask. No, he didn't wear a mask because fuck you, pay me. That's why I am not wearing a mask. Therefore, you not only have permission not to wear a mask, but you need to not wear a mask because it represents something. Yeah, it's a movement. It's the non-mask movement. It's absolutely a signal, but they just spin it. Oh, you know, you're signaling, you're virtue signaling because you have to wear a mask. I would rather not have to wear a mask. I would rather feel comfortable going to Trader Joe's. I'd like to go to a brewery. I'd like to go to a restaurant. I'd love to go to a concert. Love to go to a concert. There will not be live music in my near future, and that bums me out tremendously. But Jeff... I'm going to get back to this other issue. There is no... Let's. Can we do a case of beer by February 21st? Okay, so I'm going to owe you on the, on the first bet we made a few podcasts ago. I'm going to owe you on that one. That was the one where I said I was going to get a uh, antibody test, right? Remember that one? Yep. And that was going to be May 31st. And I could get an antibody test, but the problem right now is there's so many antibody tests out there that are not accurate and because FDA has not really proved any of these is like so I don't want to take one right now. 
So is that a technicality? Can you let them off the hook on that one? So I, 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 now I have to ask you then, <laughs> what about your experience with antibody tests gives you any confidence that the vaccine process is going to be any more smooth? That's exactly my point. Right. So why would you why would you think February 21st they're going to have everything No, that's exactly my point. They're going to I'm guessing they're going to have something that has been proven to work at that date. Nah, really? Proven yeah. to work? Really? Uh, huh. You know what? Cuz you had me for a minute because if you were betting on the cravenness and the lack of structure Anybody that, that says they have a test, go out and do a test, then if you think they were going to apply the same illogic to vaccines, you might have you had me. Because honestly, you could be right. There are not going to be one vaccines. There could be five. And one could say, you're good forever. One could say, we're going to reduce the symptoms. And different countries are going to have them. There is way, way too much money for one company to own it. So I, you out-cynicaled me. Congratulations. <laughs> That's a tough job right there. I, I wish it weren't, but you, you did it. <laughs> you did it. So that, that actually, that makes a lot of sense. Look, I, I, wait. I, I was ripping you for magical thinking, and it was really me that was engaging in magical thinking. I feel chastened. Yeah, I, I do think that there's going to be, you know, several companies probably that will have something, but whether, you know, it's going to be the, the magic bullet or whatever for everybody and then available, you know, and I mean, because like right now, the, the tests, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have insurance and lucky enough to have one that pays for the co-pays, you're good. If not, yeah, you're not if you, you might, to, you, you're not necessarily. What? What? You you think just because you have insurance and copays you're gonna you you could be okay, but but not necessarily. No, exactly. My insurance company may say we only do version three, and your insurance company says one and two, and you have to pay full fare for five. And by the way, a vaccine prevents you from getting it. A vaccine doesn't minimize the symptoms. So polio vaccine, you're immune from polio. There is, if you're betting on a COVID vaccine where if you take it, you know, you're COVID resistant, that's still not happening on February 21st. You might get the COVID version of Tamiflu. I want to end on this action. You're saying when? The 21st of February. I will let you off the hook for this, though. For which? For, for the antibody? No, the vaccine. You can minimize the payment by <laughs> giving in early. Mm. So mid-January, he can throw yeah, in the towel. I mean, the closer you get to the date, obviously, the less inclined to deal I would be. F you, pay me. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And by the way, it'll go both ways. I could see the light and think that Big Pharma across the world got together and decided to do something for the public good. And we've got one vaccine. No one's going to try to corner the market. And it's not going to be about profits. It's going to be about, oh, no. see, it's going to be see, about public that's health. The thing. That's why that's why they're two separate issues. I'm saying that there will be some pharmaceutical company that will come up with a solution. But distribution is a whole nother there will, there will, of wax. There will, not be, there will not be a vaccine. 
No chance. Not by February 21st. No, and by the the way, I fully plan on collecting 100% of this because I just gave you an out, a big out. And you, very Trumpian, like, doubled down. It's not not Trumpian. Jerry, do you have a recommendation this week? I, I do. Wear your goddamn mask. <laughs> Please. All right. Uh, I have one. Actually, it's funny because literally two weeks ago, uh, we finished recording. We logged off. I went out into the living room, turned on the TV, and started watching this show. Binged it within like a day and a half, two days. And I had to sit on it for two weeks. Upload. If you have not seen this, you, you need to get you some Upload. It's on Amazon. It has nobody in it. It's literally like some dude from the show The Flash from the CW, and, and the girl lead is a singer. It's not about star power. It's, it's a little bit of ro- romantic comedy, a little bit of murder mystery thrown in with... It's just slightly into the future. This is your wheelhouse, Jerry. Um, I've, seen, I've seen episode one. Okay, the, the best way I can describe it is it's Black Mirror meets the good place it's a it's a little bit of afterlife kind of uh, from a secular perspective and just slightly in the future technology it's worth the watch and it came out and literally within a day or two of it coming out it had a second season signed up for it so it's it's well worth the the future really really enjoyed it yeah i'm sorry the future yeah, it's set 2033, 2034, I want to say, right or about a dozen years in the future. Are they so. still wearing uh, masks, or is that done? No, but it's funny because in the background, like, you, you'll you hear the news in the background of, of a scene, and the corporate capitalism, the, the mergers of some of the companies in the future that have, that have taken place, like you'll, you'll hear a news report about Google Samsung or Panera Facebook, <laughs> Nat Geo Instagram, <laughs> you know, Nokia Taco Bell. By, by the way, though, Jeff, way to shoot holes in the presentness of that show because that show is supposed to be in the future and it, it got shot and put in a can prior to a society-altering event. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was done pre-COVID. Nobody wore masks. No, but it has a, a very dystopian, futuristic. You see how life is in 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 twenty thirty three, and like I don't want to give away anything, but like one one of the characters is diagnosed with chronic vape lung, which which is a disease that comes around apparently in the future for for people that uh, took up vaping because because smoking was too dangerous. But you know, that's an interesting point, though. Is nobody can pre- be producing shows or even movies. During this time, so there's going to be a big hole in our entertainment at some point. We're just we're watching stuff that was produced uh, pre-COVID, but what about there's going to be a big hole? This is is ten episodes. It's on Amazon, and it's it's Greg Daniels. And if you don't know who Greg Daniels is, he was instrumental in the American version of The Office. And he also did uh, Parks and Rec. What so if you're a fan of either he, one of those what shows, character was he in the office? He he was not a he was a writer, oh, okay. director, producer, showrunner type. His son plays one of the characters in Upload. He's the redheaded like busboy at the Afterlife Resort. Jerry will know who I'm talking about. 
Okay. Well, I will add that to my uh, watch list. It's well worth adding to I your just, list. Very, yeah, really, really I good show. Right there, live. All right, well, on that note, uh, look us up on uh, on Patreon and uh, go to iTube. Subscribe, leave a five-star review, and if you can't leave a five-star review, just let us know why. You can send us an email, godlessheathen at yahoo.com. Good close. Who do you want to sit in, Jeff? You're, uh, we, we got an open invitation to Jesus, but he, he never RSVPs, so um, who, who, who would you like to I send would, the invite out to, Jeff? I would like to, one Jeff? of these pharmaceutical companies is coming up with the... Uh, the vaccine to come sit in and tell us. Oh, oh please. One that's oh, coming I, up oh, before please. February yeah. 21st. So ready. So there's the open invitation. So come on. I know you're listening. <laughs> okay. Jerry's beer fund. There we go. <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll see y'all in two All right. weeks. Good night. My gun, he made me mad. The devil's bad, the devil is a bum, but the devil is my friend. The devil is my friend, wherever I go, the devil.